Hello and welcome to the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and strategies for coaching the mental game of softball. I'm Melanie Rushing, and today I'll be handing over the reins to Alicia Smith. I had some things to do this day, and I'm very sad because it's such a good episode, but you guys are truly going to enjoy it. We had to get this guest on, and I'm so excited to finally have her to share her story and her business and what she does for young female athletes. So excited for this one. So I'm out. Here you go. Welcome back, everyone, to the Mental Sweet Spot podcast. I know this is different for you because this is Alicia Smith doing the podcast on my own, one of my first. So uh, I hope you guys can bear with me and I can do, uh, do the job like Mel does really well. So I want to introduce an awesome guest today. Uh, her name is Paige Tons. Uh, she grew up playing softball in Arizona and went on to play Division I at Northwestern. And she now owns her own business, the Mental Game Mentorship. And we'll definitely talk a little bit about that. So welcome, Paige. Thanks so much for having me. I feel so honored. This is one of your first ones alone. I can't, it is. <laughs> I can't even believe it is. You're so amazing at speaking and talking. So. Oh, thank you so much. I always, uh, I think Mel does such an awesome job with this podcast. Once she has like the perfect podcast voice and uh, <laughs> she's just great at it. So I, I usually just kind of tail along, I feel like, but uh, thank you for that. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear uh, and listeners hear about your kind of your journey. So talk a little bit about your, your softball journey. Yeah. So <clears throat> like you said, I grew up in Arizona playing softball since I was probably around like eight or nine, um, started playing competitively in the club or travel or now it's called, I know that people call it select. I'm like, I've learned all of these different ways of what club is. Um, but grow, uh, grew up playing. I decided I wanted to be a catcher because I wanted to, um, I was tired of not getting the ball <laughs> in the infield and outfield when nobody could hit. So I was like, I'm going to be the catcher. I'm going to get the ball every time. So that might share a little bit about my personality, but, um, uh, I was a catcher, uh, and went on and played at the college level and just something that I just struggled with along the way was just like the mental side of the game and really it was just like truly believing in myself and having that um what I like to call like that unshakable confidence and I I think as I even in high school and even before high school and, and in college like I just had a lot of self-doubt even though like I knew I could do these things and I was talented and I worked really hard. I just always had this like inkling self-doubt that would creep into my head, which is um, why I do what I do now um, because I kind of figured it out my senior year of college, which is like really late in the game, um, <clears throat> but figured it out my senior year of college. And I think it really truly was because I decided that last year and it may be because of the timing, like I had oh my gosh, like I only have one year left. And I decided <clears throat> that year that I was just going to go out and just be myself and do everything I could do as in like, just give it my all. And I was gonna, like, I'm just gonna have fun because I'm like really tired of being frustrated or <clears throat> not happy with how I'm hitting because a lot of it was hitting. <laughs> and <clears throat> when I did that, I had this like shift in mindset I, it was like, like honestly, like magic. Like my last year I got to double my, I doubled my batting average, I tripled the amount of at-bats I got. I, <clears throat> just to give you a little insight, like 
I was the starting catcher as my in my freshman year. So <clears throat> this was kind of unheard of. I don't think they had ever had a freshman start as a catcher. So like I was like, okay, that's great, but I want to be a better hitter. Like it was never enough. So <clears throat> my senior year, going into my year with that with hitting and that shift in mindset really just changed so much for me. And again, like tripled my the amount of bats I got. <clears throat> was having way more fun and just was a lot more successful and at the end of my senior year I was like well shoot like I wish I would have done that earlier I wish I would have kind of figured that little piece earlier when it came to my approach to the game and the way that I was thinking about myself and the game um and it took me a little while to figure out how I could share that gift but fast forward three years after um, I had graduated, three three or four years after I graduated, I was like, oh my gosh, like I need to teach girls what I learned in in that senior year and just my experience overall with the mental side of the game. So that led me to where I'm at now and getting to teach girls how to be, how to create confidence, how to be confident, how just different mental training skills and um, it's funny, like the, in the first week of my program, we talk about that identity piece and that, that, that moment for me, my senior year of deciding who I wanted to be, how I wanted to show up every day and giving it my all and, and letting go of the results and the outcome. Because when you tell someone that they're like, oh yeah, okay, sure. Like <laughs> letting go of the results and outcome is hard. It's mm-hmm. so hard, but it takes so, some steps and just figuring out that identity outside of just being a softball player, just, you know, the academic side of you and just really deciding like who you want to be and how you want to show up. And I think that's really the starting point for, creating that confidence as an athlete and as a, as a person too. Oh, so for sure. That's, that's the story. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I'm thankful for you that you were able to figure it out regardless of how, how late in your playing career, you know, because I didn't figure it out till more than 10 years of coaching. Cause I never had that aha moment as a player. And I, I was horrible at recovering <laughs> from failure, you know, and, and I really struggled with how to teach my players how to right? because we, we hear the same things like you hear a coach from the sidelines yell, just relax or just have confidence. And we yeah. both know it's not that easy. So right. I'm thankful that you were able to figure that out. And because what it led to was your desire to be able to teach that to others. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And <laughs> side note, I was horrible at overcoming failure. I was like, totally, I would tell all the girls in the teams. I'm like, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I was the girl like throwing my helmet, being all crazy in the dugout. (laughs) I'm not proud of it now, but it took me a while to figure out it's really not the best way to handle that, that situation. So giving them tools and things to work through those frustrations is like, it's like everything, like getting to see them breakthrough and be able to use that so that they can become better athletes so they can improve faster has been just the best. I always tell everyone like I have the best job ever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When I, I have a team I'm working with right now out of Canada is just absolutely amazing too, to watch their, their transformation. Right. And some of the conversations they have with each other and ahas they have, uh-huh. Uh, even just virtually, right. And being able to, they aren't able to get onto the field yet, but you can already see some uh, transformation just in their, in their answers and they're more vocal yeah. and they're more confident just to speak up and it just works wonders for them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's it's so, so awesome. rewarding. Yeah. 
So you, you made a comment about a mental uh, shift that you made for yourself. And mm-hmm. I know some of the things, or one of the things I usually say with teams that I'm working with right from the beginning is it's amazing what small mindset shifts will do for results mm-hmm. on the field. So do you remember what kind of triggered that mindset shift or was it just a decision that you made, like you said? I think it was, I think it was the fact that like, I only had a year left to play in my, my, like my career, unless I decided to do more after. But at that point I didn't have any plans to play after college. So it was like, Oh my gosh, like I only have a year left. I'm just going to make the most of it. And that was that decision of, I'm just going to be who I want to be. I'm going to show up the person that I want to be on this team. I'm going to give it my all and I'm just going to go have fun. Like I'm just going to have the most fun I can possibly have this last year. And really what it was, it was like, whatever happens, happens. Like I'm going to give it my all no matter what happens out there on the field. That was like that turning point for me. Yeah. And I think that's that true ability, right? Just to let go of the fear of failure. And yeah. just, just enjoying the ride and the journey. And as a coach, right, that's what we always want for our kids is to be able to get there. But it's kind of back to the thing we we're talking about at the very beginning where it's hard just to say, don't be afraid, play courageously right. and just let it go. Everything will be fine. This is supposed to be fun. But I think that kind of ties into the thing that you mentioned about what you review with your kids in the very beginning is, is their identity is mm-hmm. often so tied to softball, which is often so tied to outcome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And like, once we can kind of figure out what and who that kind of person that you want to be and how you want to show up every single day, like then I, you know, I I share with them, like when you decide that person and how you want to do that, then the results are going to start to fall into place and just kind of watch and see. And you're going to be like, Oh my gosh, like this happened or this happened because I was just being myself and being the best version of myself. And I, what I have seen with my high school players is this slow transformation, right? From freshman to senior year. So as you know, we had our season canceled this year. So Mm -hmm. we still continued to meet, you know, virtually over zoom because we wanted to still have some sort of a season and still work on uh, the mental side of the game and staying connected. So I, I often just let my seniors speak and they, they did such an awesome job because they know they had a responsibility to the younger kids and they all shared the same story where as freshmen, they came in, they were scared. They were scared to make a mistake. They didn't want to upset the seniors. And when they were freshmen, the seniors told them, it's fine if you make a mistake, we don't care. Yeah. And that was very hard for them to understand until they were seniors, right? Or juniors and seniors where they were more mature and they understood the bigger picture. So they're able to pass that down to the younger kids. So I, it was just amazing to see and amazing to watch because I remember what they were like for freshmen. Right. And I think part of the message for, for my girls was this doesn't happen overnight. It takes right. a lot of practice and dedication, but you're hearing from a lot of people who have experience mm-hmm. that it is really okay to let go of those outcomes and, and work just to have fun. Yeah, totally. And I think that like the more they hear that from people have have come before them, like I have a guest speaker in, in my program once a month. And a lot of times I have former players, former athletes, and for them to just hear that message over and over again is, is like, it's everything. Like I tell the girls, like ask questions, like be an observer, learn from people who have already done it. That's the fastest way that you're going to learn and just, and, and be able to figure things out 
faster than, you know, what we might like, even though it does take time and it, it is a process. Like I just had a girl, um, who started with me. She started, uh, I had these bonus sessions during March when everything kind of went a little crazy and I was doing these bonus sessions and she, um, her mom signed her up for those and she was showing up every single day, every single day, like putting in the work. And she's like, I'm, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And she just wanted more. She could, she's like, what else can I do? What else can I do? I loved it. It was awesome. But, um, she's like, you know, I'm doing all these things and I'm not like, I just don't know if I'm feeling the changes yet. And of course we want like these big drastic changes to happen. Like all of a sudden we're magically like the most confident person on the, oh, in the world. Sure. But I'm like, okay, just like, you have to trust me when I tell you this, like keep being consistent with your self-talk, keep being consistent with your routines, keep being consistent with these different skills that I'm teaching you. And you will see like, just trust it. And literally just last night, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to pull it up. Just last night, she sent me a message because um, they finally had their first practice. And she said, hey Paige, my practice went really well, long but good. I felt so calm and comfortable and just kept breathing and saying affirmations, so thanks. I'm proud because I didn't get down on myself when I missed one play. And I'm like- That's awesome. That's like the, like, even though it doesn't even seem that big, like that's so huge. And I'm getting a lot of girls saying like, I just feel so much more calm and like in control. And that's really what I want them to get to a place where they can control kind of like their emotions and their thoughts in those tough moments. And it takes a little time, takes a little mm -hmm. practice, mm -hmm. but once they see it, it's like that light bulb goes off and that's like the coolest, the coolest moments. I love those light bulb moments and I, and I love when they're able to share either to you or with other people, because that's just, it's just another, another example of, you know, putting in the time and efforts, no different than hitting, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to be a good hitter, you spend a lot of time and effort. So when you, when you, it sounds like this particular individual was really uh, dedicated to working on her craft yeah. and she probably didn't feel anything different yet because she wasn't able to see it onto the, on the field yet. Right. Right. right? Totally. Yeah. Spot on. And it was one thing, you know, it was a small step, but small steps sometimes translates to, you know, to big differences on the field. And I think that's what's so great about what she was able to accomplish through, through working with you was to be able to take and recognize how, how her being calm translated mm -hmm. into how she reacted to making an error. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. One of the things I've been doing with the girls a lot is we, we do a lot of visualizations and I'll guide them through them when we're on our calls together. And I just have them take like five big deep breaths as they're closing their eyes. And a lot of times, even, you know, before getting into the visualization, they already feel better. <laughs> like just taking five deep breaths and like slowing yourself down. It's like, I'm like, you, the, the cool thing about that is like, you get to control that. You can do that whenever you need it, whenever you want it, you can bring yourself back to that place. It's kind of like your little happy place. Right. Right. And so that's been, I think that's been helping the girls just like relax and know that they're in control. Even if they're not in control of the outcomes and the results, there are lots of things that they can control about themselves. And when they start to figure those things out, it's, it's like, helping them so much just do what they like, be more successful out on the field have more confidence in those things and I think it's harder for kids especially in this generation to be able to slow down yeah 
Because they have so much going on all the time in school and softball, and sometimes they don't even have a chance to sit down and just breathe or even understand what, like you mentioned, what that even can do for them because Mm -hmm. it's just the nature of, especially with travel ball being uh, almost basically year round, you know, overlapping through uh, high school, they rarely even get a break. So I think that's really important that you, that you show that to them, that how important that, that breathing can be. It sounds so silly. Like you can, you can use breathing. I'm like, I know you like breathe to live. Yeah, <laughs> but this is, you have to be really like mindful and purposeful with your mm-hmm. breathing, and it's mm-hmm. something that does take practice. Absolutely, um, be able to. But I'm like, it's such a simple tool, and it's always such an easy one. It's like one of the easy, easier ones to remember in those hard moments. So it's always something I teach early. Yeah, and I think you know that's something you can use. I, I've done something similar teaching breathing to my kids and it's always funny to hear them say coach I had a public you know I had a speech in class today I had Uh to present a five minute speech and before I went up there I did my breathing and it really works (laughs) see life lessons life lessons girls breathing is important (laughs) that's awesome So so talk to me about um the common themes that you see with some of the girls that you work with what are some of the things that they struggle with Oh my gosh. So the top things is, are, you know, uh, well, from the parents, like my daughter is really hard on myself or from the girls, I'm just really hard on myself, which was a big reason I started doing this because I was also extremely hard on myself. I'm still pretty hard on myself, but I'm learning to manage it in different ways. Um, so being really hard on themselves, just being that you kind of touched on this, but being afraid to make mistakes or even more so, it's not even like they're afraid to make the mistake. They're afraid to like let down their teammates. They're afraid to, to let down their coaches or their parents. And I don't even know if it's really them. It's just these outside people. They're so afraid to let other people down and what that might um, portray about themselves. I think that's a big one. Is And as I've continued to work with the girls that letting down their teammates or letting down their team was way higher on that list than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember that being like, like thinking about those things when I was playing, but that was also starting to get further and further away. Mm-hmm. So hearing them share that has been um, pretty insightful and figuring out um, different ways to help them understand that typically their teammates are going to support them no matter what and getting past those, those like limitations and those fears. Yeah. And I think to making the connection for them from the reaction to what emotion is tied to and what it really means. Mm-hmm. That's too, as I think is important because a lot of my kids will say the same thing. I don't want to let my teammates down. I don't want to let you down coach. Mm-hmm. So we always go around and we talk to each one of the players. Each one of the players said, you'd never let me down. Even if you do, you know, strike yeah. out to end the game. And I say the same thing. You won't let me down. It, uh-huh. You know, I know we use this phrase. It is just a game, but the kids, it means more to them. It means mm-hmm. so much to them because they care so deeply about it. And then, so being able to recognize that with the kids you work with, I think for them is really important to be able to tie that emotion yeah. Um, and, and re- the reaction that they're having to that emotion, what it really means for them. Yeah. And I think just having those conversations when a lot of time it's just like, we, you know, hit the go, go, go button on the physical game. And that's what makes 
you know, your program so incredible and you, you have so many gifts as a coach is you do have those conversations with your girls and just to talk about it and be like, Oh no, like, I don't think that, like, I would never think that if you made a like mistake, I mean, yeah, we're like bummed and we're all frustrated, but that's like not at somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like a collective. And I always tell the girls like, it's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be angry. All that means is that you care and you want to get better. It's just what you do with it after the fact. Um, so, you know, there is time to be mad and frustrated, but it, you know, you don't want to sit, sit with that <laughs> the rest of the game or the rest of the day or the week. Um, so that's, <laughs> which, is, which is often what happens. It carries, it carries on and carries oh, over exactly. and carries over and spills into school and spills into, you know, how they mm -hmm. interact with their parents and, and unless it's resolved and dealt with it, which again, you're teaching them and giving them the tools on how to, right. And I think that that's the key. It's the how to, how do we deal with these things and how mm -hmm. do we let go giving themselves some grace for feeling frustrated is okay. Like yeah. you said, they care deeply about what they're doing. So that that's okay. And I always, I always tell my kids, like, give yourself some grace for feeling that way. It's okay to feel that way. It's what you do with it after, like you said, and not let it, you know, fester and spill over to other aspects is what, you know, is, is healthy and, and hopefully try to avoid. Yeah, totally. I always say like, <clears throat> that's what makes us like, that's what makes us great athletes is that being hard on ourselves. Like that's, I bet you like every athlete will probably, most of them will probably say that about them. So oh, I'm really hard on myself, but that, and that's what makes us so good because it pushes us to improve and get better. But I'm like, the thing that I am helping the girls understand and see is that there's a balance. Mm. And we talk about it's like the weaknesses and the strengths. Like we focus so much on our weaknesses as athletes. We forget about our strengths too much. And it's like finding a, a better balance of that. I always say like, this is super like cheesy, but like that self-love and mm -hmm. like you said, like giving yourself grace and finding a better balance and teaching the girls how to talk about their, their strengths and love on themselves because it's really awkward for them. <laughs> I've found they like, they like resist it so much. They do not want to talk about the things that they're good at or that mm -hmm. they like about themselves. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you guys, like, we got to get past this. Like, get, For sure. like, I was like, get over yourself. Like be nice to yourself. <laughs> um, I even have some girls I'm like, Hey, I know you don't like to, but you're going to have to be nice to yourself today. And we're going to do like, I have them do some sort of exercise that just, they're really working on that self-love, like that self-compassion talking about how about, like I made a girl yesterday, not made her, I, I told her, I asked her <laughs> to write down why she um, is valuable to her team. Um, and it's just like a good reminder of, you know, why you're there and you are, you do have an important role. And even if there's things that like, there's going to be always going to be things that we have to work on and improve and get better. But just rem reminding yourself why you're there and why you're valuable to the team and just playing in general. You know, I really love that you do that because I think as women in general, uh, even in society, right, we don't often um, sing our praises really isn't the right word, but we don't, we don't acknowledge the things that we are good at because yeah. I think somewhere along the line that was, that was deemed as cocky. Yeah. And cocky yep. has a negative connotation to it as opposed to just being confident. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's great that you do that with your athletes because we all, no matter, it doesn't matter what gender we are. Right. But it is really important that we acknowledge our strengths because we all have them. 
Mm-hmm. And when you can acknowledge themselves and give yourself the credit and give yourself the pat on the back, that doesn't mean you have to do it openly in front of the world with, right. with huge, you know, uh, fireworks and things <laughs> like that. But as long as you're just in your head, acknowledging the fact, you know what I did, I did well today. Yeah. You know, I worked really hard and this is, you know, kind of the payoff, but you know, give yourself some credit too. I agree right. with you. Right. And just acknowledging it. Cause I think it yeah. just goes so overlooked sometimes and we like, oh yeah, like I did that good. That's just, but I should be doing that good. You know, it's like actually giving yourself credit for things and stopping and reflecting on some of that, um, which we're, as athletes, we're just not very great at that. No, we're not. (laughs) We're not at all. And I think that, that with that realization helps build that confidence as well. Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the, oh, go ahead Paige, I'm sorry. It was just thinking too, you know, I talk about leadership quite a bit and it, it gets brought up and so many, it honestly makes me sad to hear that these, that a lot of these girls are like, well, I don't know if I like really want to be a leader because if you're a leader, you're bossy. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've definitely like talked about this topics on my social and things like mm-hmm. that. I'm like, oh my goodness, like that is so far from the truth like being a leader is not about being bossy it's about it's about you know in like making an impact on others and leading by action and the how you show up like going back to that identity piece how you show up and how you you know are treating other people and so that's another big conversation that we have quite a bit that I'm like no that's not what leadership is at all like you, not you can be a leader and be loved and liked by many people um you know and and do, do that in your own unique way for sure and I think what's really important is that um you you be you right when you're leading and I think that mm-hmm. understanding what leadership is um, is, is a good question to even ask the kids, at least when I work with them too, yeah. what does leadership means? What does leadership mean to you? And mm-hmm. who, who's been a good leader, you know, for you and, yeah. or a good mentor for you and what kind of attributes do they show? And one of the big words that usually comes up is, is actually empathy. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a, it is kind of a buzzword right now. And what does that really mean? And trying to explain what that means to younger children sometimes is hard, but I think it's so important that not only as athletes and women, but just people of society learn what, what empathy is and how, how powerful it really can be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you can explain it any better. (laughs) That's amazing. You know, and I just, I'm really passionate about this as well because leadership isn't telling people what to do, like you said, or being bossy. And yeah, you you use the word impact i use the word influence but it's really mm-hmm. the same right how do you how do you get a group of people to go in the right direction or in the direction the same direction for mm-hmm. for a common goal yeah i love that example of <clears throat> i don't know where i heard it but um someone was talking about leadership and they're like it's not telling them like i'm i have so- we have softball brain so it's not telling them, like go pick up those balls over there it's like even as like a player, like, Hey, like go pick those, put away that net or whatever it is. It's, Hey, let's go. Hey, let's go do this together. Like, let's go pick these balls up together. Mm -hmm. It's like inviting the team or inviting your teammates to go do something. And I feel like that's just such a, I can like picture it in my head. And I feel like that's just the strongest 
way to lead. You're just continuing to invite people to do the right things and take action and, and go towards, you know, that, that goal that you're talking about, that one goal that you guys are all working towards. Just like bring them under your wing, like mm -hmm. don't tell them, just bring them with you. Yeah. I love that example. I, I think it's the perfect illustration, right? And really what it means to, to just work with people, right? Mm -hmm. Is at the end of the day, there doesn't have to be a hierarchy to it. Right. <laughs> it just has to be, you know, in what culture do you want to be a part of in your team? And, and how do you support that culture uh, with the leadership? And usually it is like you mentioned by action, right? Not by words, but being bossy is wordy, right? Just using yeah. your words where by action, as you explained, helping, helping everyone help you, right? That's yeah. the expectation. Yeah. yeah, totally. So what are some of the other things that you work on uh, with your girls that you may or may not see as, as a common thread, but just some of the other things that you work with uh, your girls on? That's a good question. Um, some of the things that are um, really, oh my gosh, actually, this is perfect. Um, so during this whole COVID-19 thing uh, and just seeing the girls like lose school and just kids in general losing school, I've really noticed how important structure and consistency is for the kids mm, and yeah. losing that. I was, they were like lost and it took them almost until school was out to finally get used to it and then it was over but <laughs> um but in, and it's like kind of the same thing with summer so every summer that I've been doing this I see the girls like just lose that motivation because there's such a there's there's no structure it's just okay like get up whenever you know you have practice later but or you know whatever it is but they just really struggle without consistency and, and structure so something um which is actually why I, I restructured my program um was so that all the group of girls that i work with start at the same time and end at the same time and we're meeting consistently on a weekly basis um but aside from that i've really been stressing on routines and um, i heard this amazing thing from um i believe it was aaron miller from oklahoma and she was talking about how, um, how when she lacked confidence or she was, wasn't feeling motivated, she could always rely on her routines. So routines is something that's super important for me to teach the girls, even though it seems kind of redundant almost, but it's like we, like this is last week, we went over a pre-game routine. We went through a pre-performance routine, which in softball is just a, like a book. A hitting routine so right before you you know step into the box or a pre-pitching routine like what do you do before every single pitch as a pitcher um pre-performance routine and then a post-game routine and i think the post-game routine is almost the most important because you get to reflect and <clears throat> um i tell the girls the reflection is a mandatory piece of your mm -hmm. post-game routine and that's mm -hmm. Okay, what did I do? What did I do well today? Okay, I did these things well, and it's like finding that balance. What did I not do so well? What, like, how can I get better? Like, what is the focus this week, and how do I improve, so that they can reflect and kind of, kind of coach themselves? Because I know that 
car ride home. Mm. <laughs> Parents <laughs> can get crazy. And this is a way that the girls can kind of take responsibility for coaching themselves, reflecting on the, on the weekend or the week or the day or whatever it is. And um, I always say like we have post-game routines like icing our arms or you know, resting or just taking care of our physical bodies just like in practice, like we're constantly working on the physical game, but we kind of neglect our, our mind and our brain. And like, if you think about a game, it's like this crazy emotional roller coaster. There's like really, really highs and exciting times. And you're like cheering with your teammates and going crazy. And then there's like these ultimate lows where you make like three mistakes in a row and like you're, everyone feels like it's going to be the end of the world. So you're like, you're going up and down, like with your emotions and your, what you're thinking. So after a game, like I remember being like just emotionally drained, <laughs> let alone physically drained as well. So I'm like, we need to take better care of our, our mind after and um, give ourselves some time to like decompress and that reflection and that post-game routine is, is part of that. And I, like probably 95% of girls don't have a post-game routine. So that's something I'm trying to really help them understand and so that they can, they can recover and move to the next thing, whether that's just being with their family after or going to school the next day or practice, you know, that upcoming Tuesday, whatever it right. is. Um, but that's been really big. And I think it's going to make a big difference for the girls. I love that. I, I have not done a good enough job definitely as a coach to implement the, the post game um, reflection piece. We have done it as a group, you know, mm -hmm. at, but not a personal one. I think we started doing practice ones, but not a game one. And I, I missed that piece for sure. And I think that that's a really good point that reflection in, in, in general is really important. Right. But especially yeah. after uh, all of that emotion and really it allows yourself to kind of allows yourself to go back and give yourself some grace kind of give yeah. yourself some grace that we've talked about but also be able to say what you did well and it's not it this is what I did well this is what I need to work on this is what I did well it's a true reflection yeah. right and being purposeful right. with it and it's not graded right it's not something that people are right. reading but when you're mm -hmm. honest with yourself I think that's really where you can start to grow yeah agreed and just under, like knowing that you can be your own coach and you can you like I always say like you can share this with your parents and like that can be you know your conversation rather than like your dad leading the conversation right, right. being frustrated with them like just take responsibility and, and lead it in the way that you want to lead it kind of thing that's that's a great idea and I think that does help the conversation with with the parents or even the coach later or teammates and being able to express because the kids are really good at expressing their feelings and writing. I get, mm -hmm. I get uh, very short answers on the field, but uh, pages on text, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so they're really good at it. And I think if they Maybe just, it's like the text generation, the texting generation, bad. although oh, sure. I feel like I can express myself so much better when I write, even just like writing it on paper or like writing a note or a letter. I feel like I can express myself a lot better than Same. with my words. I'm like, wait, I don't think I said the right thing at all. <laughs> It's funny because I see kids pull out their phones for everything. I'm like, what are you doing? They're like, we're taking notes, coach. We're, we're taking notes on how do you type on your phone that fast? Like, I have to write it down. I'm still old fashioned like that, but it is, you yeah. do notice that difference, which is funny. Yeah. Awesome. I wanted to go back to what you talked about with the uh, routine because 
it's interesting. I I've made this self-reflection myself when, because adults, everyone had to make these huge adjustments, right? So I had to adjust to not, I'm on the go constantly, you know, I'm coaching, I'm working, I'm, I'm watching my daughter's soccer games. So mm-hmm. everything just came to a halt and all of a sudden being stuck at home for so long. So there was a huge shift for adults as well, including myself. So what I recognized, April was super tough for me. It was tough because the season got officially canceled. I was missing softball. I didn't know what to do mm-hmm. with myself. And then May turned, you know, the calendar turned to May and I started to feel better and started to be more productive and was mentally, I felt not so trapped. And mm-hmm. I recognized I had a new routine. So once yeah. I settled into a new routine, that was really what was helpful for me. And I don't think we always realize how important our routines are, but mm-hmm. I, when mine got thrown for a loop, I got thrown for a loop. So I can, I can only imagine what the kids struggled with. But the thing is, is that we all adapted, whether we wanted to or not, we were forced to in ways we never have been before and probably right. never will be. So I think that that's really important to acknowledge that it sounds like the kids you're working with did adapt. It did take some time, but they did adapt. Yeah. But routines, oh my goodness, so important to myself as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, those bonus sessions that I started doing when all this hit was just simply routines. It was just, I literally just invited the girls to come on a call and go through a morning routine and which is practicing the mental game Mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But going through that morning routine of, you know, writing down what we're grateful for. And I mean, I have my own specific one. Sometimes it changes and adjusts depending on what I, what I need, but that gratitude just self-love. Like I write, I write down one thing that I love about myself. So I forced the girls to write down (laughs) something that they love about themselves. And then, uh, we just did some affirmations, some self-talk work and, um, my gosh, I'm drawing a blank of what the end was. I've changed. I'm doing some prayer stuff after, but, um, a lot of time it's just affirmations. And then I would actually, I know what I was doing. I was doing a reflection question. So some kind of journaling question that they can kind of reflect on. And like a lot of times it didn't even have anything to do with softball or sports and things. It was just working on themselves, some personal development for the, for the girls. Awesome. And really, really, truly, (laughs) that is where you want to really be able to make the impact, right? As a coach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about your business and uh, how we can get a hold of you and your website and all that good stuff? Yes. So, um, I was, I've been doing this. It's so weird. Like every time I, I talk about how long I've been doing it, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's, it's almost like two years now. <laughs> this is crazy. Um, but when I started doing it, I, I created a program called the mental game mentorship, which I loved. I thought it was like fun and, you know, had a nice little ring to it. And then the more and more that I was doing it, I, I, uh, I found that confident, the word confident was something really important to the mm-hmm. girls and the families. So after the pandemic, everything, and I did some serious reflection on my program and just the school piece and that structure, and I wanted more consistency in my program, I kind of created a 2.0 version of my mental game mentorship. So I now call it the confident athlete. And I think that the girls like it better because they don't feel like they're, uh, they're, um, they've got mental problems. <laughs> like the meds, I'm like, oh, I never really thought about it like that. But when I say that, they're like, oh, well, I don't want my daughter to think that she needs to like be fixed or she might feel like she needs to fix something. So I kind of went a different direction. So we want a more um, positive, encouraging mm-hmm. title. So um, the confident athlete is my 
like it's my signature program. It's everything that I've experienced. It's the things that I've been working with girls for the past uh, year and a half or so. And I've just kind of packaged that into a, um, it's uh, overall it's a six month program, but the first 12 weeks are like those intensive, like workshops, learning the mental game, the mental side of things, um, week by week, that consistency piece, like visualization, self-talk, all really all the things that we've talked about today. And, um, and then they move into the last half of the three months is the best way I like to describe it is at practice, we go through different drills and we're going through different stations. And then we come together at the end typically to do like some situations and some like kind of game time pressure. So the last three months of my program, it's like putting the pieces of the puzzle together and, and putting them in different situations and like um, I'm doing like hot seats for the girls. So they'll share what they, what happened at practice or what happened in a game. And we'll just work through, okay, well, we could, we sh maybe you can use this tool in this way and just figuring out how to use those different mental training tools and skills in their own unique ways, because they are going to be a little bit different from girl to girl as you get better at them. Um, so that's the confident athlete. Um, the girl's we, I have, uh, I have them on Voxer. We were talking about texting. I have them on this app called Voxer and, um, it's kind of like a walkie talkie app. So we cool. have it in a group and then they also have access to me one-on-one, -on -one. but the group is fun because it really helps them stay accountable. <laughs> it's funny. Um, I, the homework for this week, I checked in yesterday. I was like, man, it's Wednesday. No one's turned in their homework. And I was like, Hey, like, uh, just checking in on the homework for this week. And then one girl sent it in. And then all of a sudden I have like nine, nine other girls. <laughs> sent in. So it just like helps them stay accountable and keeps yeah. them, keeps pushing them in the right direction and just having that, that group of support and they ask questions in there. So that's been a really cool piece of the program. Um, but other than that, that, I mean, that pretty much sums it up. And I, that doesn't start till September which I've had families reach out to me like, well, I need help now. Like, <laughs> I want to work on my mental game now. I'm not feeling confident right this second. So I do have some opportunities to prepare leading up to that, that group program, the confident athlete in September. So there's definitely opportunities, one-on-one -on -one work. Um, and I just created like a little mental training one-on-one course. That's a part of that prep. Um, that's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, so we've got quite a few things leading up to the confident athlete. That's awesome. So could you tell, could you tell me where, uh, I could apply for that? Yeah, absolutely. So my website is pagetons.com and you'll find the confident athlete there. There's not not too confusing. It's right at the top, <laughs> the confident athlete, awesome. and you can apply right there on, on my site. And you have an Instagram account as well to follow? Yes. So Instagram, Facebook, whichever. Awesome. Your poison. <laughs> um, and it, my name, it's just my name at page tons. Um, my last name is T O N Z. Uh, and there's so the, the nice thing about my name is I don't think anybody else has my name. So I'm pretty easy to find on social media. <laughs> it makes it really easy for me. That's awesome. I, that went out the window for me when I married a Smith. So. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I'm dating a Callahan. So I'm, I'm a little upset about it. <laughs> you don't have to change your name now. 
<laughs> I know. Yeah. So, but uh, Paige, thank you so much for joining today. You did awesome. I love talking to you every time. You're so inspirational and I, I can see how the girls just love working with you. Um, I know you personally, and I think just watching also having a back uh, front seat, I guess, to be able to watch you grow your business as well has been truly inspiring and fun. So check Paige out. She does an awesome job working with, with kids and really truly is passionate about it. And I think above anything else is one of the most uh, important aspects that Paige brings to everything that she does is her passion for really, really making an impact on, on these young women. So thank you for what you do. Told you it was going to be a good one. Shout out to my BP, Alicia, for leading that one solo. I think she did a great job. What do you all think? That is it for today. We'll be back next week with another episode and an announcement about not one, but two boot camps. Not just for coaches anymore, we're adding one for teams, folks. So keep your ears out, and we'll talk to you soon. Have a good one.